in association with the Agri Health Network, it's time for That Farm Life podcast, Planting Hope, Harvesting Strength. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. It's about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between, because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now, here's your host, a farmer, a former agri-business owner, and also the pastor of a Southern Baptist church in Arkansas, Archie Mason. Well, hey, folks, welcome to another episode of That Farm Life Podcast. I'm your host, Archie Mason. So glad that you decided to be with us this week. Hey, I want to just give a shout out to all those who support us and uh, encourage us in this uh, mission that we're on to, man, help the rural community, farmers in general, whether you're a cow farmer or a row crop farmer or a truck patch farmer, kind of where I grew up with a lot of folks with big gardens and stuff. Hey, we want to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life. So today we have Jessica Burkham with us. She's a managing director of an organization called Beef Alliance. Now, if you're like me, most of the time you got your phone with you, maybe you got your iPad. Uh, you may even be out there in the truck or on a piece of equipment. You are very welcome to look up uh, beefalliance.com and kind of follow along with us. We're going to talk very specifically about what she does. I met her at the Cattlemen's uh, Convention here in Arkansas, very intrigued with uh, what she does. So Jessica, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thanks, Archie. I appreciate the opportunity to visit with you today. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you, folks, she is a wealth of information. So she is going to tell us a lot of stuff that we have no idea uh, about some of that that's going on. So, uh, hey, Jessica, tell us about your family, uh, kind of where you're from, how you got here to Arkansas. Yeah, sure. I appreciate that. I grew up in Nebraska, of all places. Grew up just uh, west of Lincoln. Uh, on a registered ANCAS operation, uh, my mom and dad and my younger sister and I, it was just the four of us, started out actually with a 4-H heifer, 4-H registered ANCAS heifer, and that kind of grew to the herd we have today, and our family vacations were spent uh, traipsing all around the, the state and the country with the Junior ANCAS program, and we got to to exhibit a lot of really great cattle in a lot of really great places and meet some awesome people around the country. So um fell in love with, with beef cattle through my parents and, and uh, our operation there and actually went to the University of Nebraska, wanted to be a veterinarian. So I studied animal science and I took that first biology class and thought, no way, I'm not going to be a vet. <laughs> not my thing. Um, so then I really focused on production and was exposed to the the feedlot world at the university. I always said they uh, the ruminant nutrition department there, they had the ruminant gods. And with the ethanol industry in Nebraska, we fed a lot of really great byproducts, distillers, both wet and dry. So I interned at a feed yard and, you know, graduated from the University of Nebraska with my bachelor's in animal science was on the meats and livestock judging teams there as well. And um, instead of going to be a ruminant nutritionist like I planned, I took a completely uh, right-hand turn and went to Washington, D.C. and worked on the Hill for six years on ag, environment, trade, policy, water policy, renewable fuels policy, and uh, met an Arkansas boy when I was there. Uh, my, host, my husband, Cody, 
I was working for, you know, his, his congressional member in the, in the house. So I always like to remind him he was in the lower chamber, the Senate's the upper chamber and poor, you know, poor Cody, he's, he's, he's a gem. Um, And when he had an opportunity to come home here to Arkansas, he's the exec for the Arkansas Cattlemen's Association. And uh, I told him it would take more than a little rock to get me to little rock. And he made good (laughs) on that promise. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So three and a half years we've been, we've been in Arkansas. Well, that, Hey, I think I, I asked you this question before because I just previously met you. I said, was it love at first sight uh, when you <laughs> met Cody? You know, there definitely was a connection. I will say we met um, in the, the Western Caucus, which is all of the Senate and House members, Republican members that are located just west of the Mississippi. And uh, initially it started off as, you know, what I thought would be a summer fling. I was uh, just got promoted at work. I was starting grad school. Didn't think I had time for a boy, and then very quickly learned we had something special. And here we are. We've been together seven years. We've been married three. So it uh, we definitely knew we had something special. That's well, for sure. Hey, that is a great love story. But I, hey, I really love it. You didn't say this earlier. You said it's going to take more than a little rock to get you to little rock. You guys, <laughs> hey, you guys make a great couple. Cody does a great job. Uh, here in Arkansas uh, for us in the Cattlemen's Association. So, hey, also, okay, so you you currently work for Beef Alliance. Now, hey, big organization, just give us a spiel. What does that mean? Uh, who, are, you know, what is that? Who is that? What do you do? <laughs> yeah, um, I think by design, the Beef Alliance, we really try and stay, you know, out of the public light, but it's an organization that formed in, uh, 20, 2015, 2016, um, by the uh, commercial cattle cattle feeding leaders. Um, and so just briefly, Archie, we are the nine largest cattle feeding companies in the country, uh, located in Nebraska, Colorado, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, there's a yard in Arizona and then also in the Pacific Northwest, uh, wow. Washington State, Oregon, and Idaho. So those are, those are where we're located at. Um, we feed it have approximately one third of the total fed cattle supply in the United States. It's a, it's a pretty big footprint. And these guys all came together. They're very progressive, very forward thinking um, leaders in the, in the fed cattle industry. And they wanted to focus on commercial cattle feeding issues. So anything from, you know, technology and sustainability to antibiotic use in cattle to policy issues. I mean, it, it's kind of kind of the whole entire gamut. Um, we host uh, last year and this year what we call a startup challenge. Uh, technology, as you know, is incredibly important in agriculture as we try and feed more and more people with fewer and fewer resources and, you know, as we lose access to land and, and things like that. So um, the crop world is definitely ahead in that game, in that innovation space. And the livestock world is is behind. And so the Beef Alliance came together and said, look, we need to fulfill this gap. And so we host this startup challenge, uh, basically Shark Tank for cattle feeders. So if there's a startup interested in helping us address an issue in our feed yards, they can apply. We pick the top 10 typically to, to actually do the virtual pitch and then select a winner. And not only do they get a a cash prize of $50,000, but they also get the stamp of approval from um, producers. So, you know, the, while we are large companies, 
we are producers. We are in the yards every day um, feeding cattle uh, to help, you know, feed families and and feed the nation and feed the world. Wow. So just kind of on a, a yearly basis for you, okay, what would you just share a whole lot? And that's very interesting. You call it kind of a shark tank deal uh, in a way. And my wife wants me to watch this. Man, it makes me a nervous wreck sometimes watching that on television. But so in a in just a regular year, kind of what what is your function, your role in that? And it looks like it's a lot. And maybe one thing specifically that you really love about it. Sure. Well, I'm actually coming up on my year anniversary. Um, so I can tell you a little bit what I've done this first year. So um, for those of you involved, you know, in in the cattle um, cattle business, you know that the markets and COVID have been really, really tough. And now we're in this drought. So there's been a lot of legislation thrown around um, on the Hill to address um, how much cash trade versus alternative marketing arrangements um, are out there in the in the marketplace and how that impacts uh, prices for producers all the way from feeders down to backgrounders down to cow calf guys. So been really, really focused on a lot of legislation. And, and that comes from my background um, on the Hill and in the policy world. So we um, we have folks there in D.C. that I work with. Um, and then I do a lot of travel. I, I represent the Alliance um, at a lot of different conferences. We are part of the North American Meat Institute's Protein Pact, promoting protein in the center of the plate, animal protein in the center of the plate for uh, millennials and Gen Zs. We um, are members of the U.S. Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. So we were very active in setting those industry standards for sustainability measurement purposes. Um, And then I've actually, the most fun I will say is actually getting out and going to each of the yards, um, into the the Beef Alliance yards. And, And I love it. I think feeding the cattle, feeding cattle is an art. Um, and it's a joy to just hop in the pickup and and ride ride around and and see what they what each yard is doing and what each company has has going on and it's it's awesome you know there in Nebraska I kind of get home and those feed stuffs are pretty typical um, what I'm used to distillers silage uh, haylage things like that but then you get up to the Pacific Northwest and you see piles of French fries that they're feeding cattle. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's awesome. So that's been um, incredibly enjoyable just to get to know my members and get to see them and get to oh, yeah. travel to their locations. Well, hey, I tell you what, Jessica, we're blessed to have you in Arkansas and the wealth of knowledge and uh, two, just what you do for the beef industry, because really what you guys are doing out there on the forefront uh, really affects all of us that are probably cattle producers to some degree, like who we're selling to or what we're doing. So here's my next question. And what what do you see in the future? Now, again, I want to say, hey, this is not uh, uh, professional advice or whatever. You know, that is an opinion. What do you see in the future for like cow-calf? Because cow-calf producers or just feeders or stockers or whatever, what, what do you think is coming down the pipeline? It's a guess, but what do you think? Sure. So um, at, at, at my core and at my heart, I'm a, I'm a small cow-calf girl. And I, I truly, truly empathize with where those smaller cow calf guys have had to to be at the last couple of years, we see these rising input costs. Um, you know, we really see an economies of scale situation happening in in all facets of agriculture, and the beef industry is not immune to that um, whatsoever. And you know, from a professional standpoint, 
the, the cow calf guy is our, is the feeders factory. I mean, without them, we do not succeed. And so, and that makes the beef industry, Archie, so awesome is you can have all these different niche markets. You can have large operations, you can have small operations, but it's really important to have everybody. So looking forward, I think this drought is going to play the biggest role out of anything. I mean, put aside all of these differences on on policy when it comes to how we market cattle. I think this this drought has proven that folks are, are weaning early. We're seeing record high heifers in our feed yards. So guys are not retaining heifers to put back into their herd. Um, I, you know, I, I think I read a thing in Cattle Facts maybe today or yesterday, and we're going to see higher higher calf prices. Um, I think, you know, it's a very cyclical industry. And as we go into this, this horrible drought that the West just keeps creeping closer and closer here in the East, um, if, if guys can hang on to their calves and sell them at an opportune time. And, you know, my advice is for some of these smaller cow calf guys, especially here in Arkansas, if you have an opportunity to, you know, join forces with your neighbor, create a co-op, you know, use similar genetics, use similar vaccination protocols and go directly to a feed yard versus going to, um, you know, a, a sale barn and sale barns play a, a, an essential role um, in our industry, but in terms of maximizing profit and limit, you know, trying to limit your risk, um, I would encourage folks to look at that opportunity as well. Okay. Well, good. Hey, that's great advice uh, in regard to that. Okay. So as a woman in agriculture, uh, what advice, because we got a lot of ladies out there listening to the podcast, what advice would you give to a young woman or a lady who desires to be a leader in the ag industry? What would you say to her? Oh, man. Um, so I actually worked for um, a woman senator from Nebraska. And when young ladies would come and ask her if they can have it all, she said no. And I always thought that was really harsh. But to an extent, she's she's right. I mean, you know, as, as women, you know, we want to have a family. We want to do all of this and we think we can do it all at once. And And I think that's definitely possible. But we also have to prioritize. And so I think for getting involved in agriculture, I was very, very blessed. Like I said, it was my my dad, my mom and sister and I. My poor dad was outnumbered in our, our household. And he made the three of us girls do everything, you know, that that a son essentially would do from, you know, processing calves to doing hay, you know, all I mean, all of that. I, you know, and I would say like in, in a former position of mine, I was accused of being aggressive and impatient. And I, I took it as a compliment because it means I was pretty aggressive and good at my job. And so I would encourage young women to, to be aggressive, be impatient, go after what, go after what you want. And if you want to be involved in agriculture, don't sit in the sidelines and think, oh, I have to serve pie at this meeting. No, you can have a seat at the table and you can be vocal and your voice is valued and it's recognized. And as we see more and more women are um, involved in production agriculture. They're running feed yards. They're veterinarians. They're uh, they're ranchers. They're they're doing the work. So take it as a badge of honor that that you're a female in agriculture. Hey, I would agree. My wife's a retired school teacher, and uh, I laugh about it, but she can outwork uh, any three men I know. Uh, and she pretty well does it all. So that's a great word, Jessica. Thanks for sharing that because I know a lot of our ladies out there are interested in that. Hey, what advice would you give 
to producers uh, or those who are just in the uh, ag business, maybe own a company or something, regarding the stress and strain of everyday farm life. Any advice for them? How to deal with it? Ask questions is my big thing. You know, I, I am constantly asking the guys on my board, well, how did you do this? Well, what would you recommend? As Cody and I are beginning our own operation and just kind of seeking their advice as the anxiety of looking at, you know, what's in our bank account versus what we need to borrow <laughs> to make a go of it. Um, you know, it's it's incredibly stressful and it makes us incredibly anxious. And um, I mentioned I'm impatient, so I want it done now. So asking lots of questions to folks who have done it before, I think is a huge asset. And people want to share their knowledge. They love to talk about what they know and, and the lessons that they've learned. And if you're struggling, don't be afraid to share that as well, because 10 times out of 10, your peers, your neighbors, they're struggling too, or they have, and they can offer a lot of really good advice. And it's been an adjustment, Archie, for me coming from, you know, Nebraska to DC to Arkansas has definitely been an adjustment. And I don't think it's been um, easy. I think Cody will definitely test to that. <laughs> but being able to just, you know, have that community being involved, not being a recluse, you know, wanting wanting to be active, I think is is really important as well. Yeah, you know, that's a you know, God made us for community and to be around people and do it's a good that's a, a great response to that question is to ask questions to find out and don't be that recluse. And so sometimes what happens when a person gets discouraged, it can drive us into to being isolated. So hey Jessica, thank you for being with us today. I appreciate you so much. Absolutely, Archie. I had a blast. Thanks for having me on today. Hey, to all the folks out there who are listening, you know, Jessica, uh, here you have a uh, you have a young woman married to Cody that is, you know, serving as a managing director in Beef Alliance. And again, you can check out beefalliance.com, kind of see some of the things they do. But again, I just want to emphasize to all the folks out there, especially young ladies who are listening to this, just want to encourage you in the ag world, uh, there are a lot of opportunities and a lot of positions. But as she said, I don't think you're just supposed to sit on a side sideline, maybe serve pie or something at an event. Uh, you do have an opportunity to lead out and be a part of that. So I would encourage you to, hey, pursue that dream that you may have. And also, too, you know, 10, as she said, our peers, our friends, 10 times out of 10, a lot of times they're going through the same things that you're going through. So reach out to them, have a conversation. If you're visiting with someone and they begin to tell you of some struggles or things in their life, hey, be, be a good listener. So I encourage you to listen. Uh, to empathize with them. And then two, also, if you get to a situation and, and you know, you think, hey, this is uh, pretty severe here. Hey, there's a, a lot of other people who can, uh, can be involved and can help. Also, you can find out some resources that we have at agrihealth.net to maybe help you with that. And we got listeners in uh, most of all the states in the United States. So uh, we can help you any way we can. You can reach me at Archie at agrihealth.net. And if you have a question or something, I'll try to forward it on to the appropriate folks. Hey, again, thanks for being with us this week. Jessica, again, we appreciate you very much and your insight with us today. And until next week, hey, keep farming and keep the faith. I'll see you then. You've been listening to That Farm Life Podcast, planting hope, harvesting strength with your host, Archie Mason. That Farm Life Podcast is a creation of the Agri Health Network in conjunction with Grounded Faith Ministries, 
where we offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about who we are and what we do on our website at agrihealth.net. That's agrihealth, one word, dot net. Thanks for listening, and until next week, keep the faith. Keep the faith.